0: What's up, y'all? It is the most wonderful time of the year. And no, I'm not talking about the holiday season. I'm talking about football season, baby. More specifically, college football season is finally back along the front range. I'm telling you guys, nobody are bigger football fans than my friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier of Chevalier Mortgage. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. More importantly, set up a free consultation to discuss all your options, that's dnvrmortgage.com. If you are wondering if the rates are really as good as what you are hearing right now, I'm telling you, they are incredible. You've got to call them because they can save you hundreds of dollars a month and thousands of dollars over the life of a loan. Who doesn't want to save thousands of dollars? Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. But look, refinancing is not right for everyone. Mike in Virginia will run a quick analysis and honestly let you know whether refinancing might be right for you. Call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. I know how important the rivalry games are here. And I'm not, I I think I'm going to take a page out of Urban's book and I think I'm just not going to mention the name. We'll just refer to it as the team up north. We'll make that reference. I know the border war, and I know a little something about that game. I had a chance to beat that team in a bowl game a number of years back when I was at Temple. And uh, we're going to work hard every day to prepare for those games. I know how important the Colorado game is. In the Air Force game, I understand the importance level of those rivalries. And we're going to get that boot and we're going to bring it back here. And that's going to be important. What's up, everyone? It is Sunday, October 25th. It is about 5 p.m. when I am recording this. The only reason that matters is I just watched the Broncos completely, just completely shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly. Just a really, really disappointing performance against the Chiefs. So I thought, hey, I'll hop on the podcast and, and talk about something that makes me a little bit happier, and that, of course, is Mountain West football, which there aren't a lot of us out there, but for those of us that live and breathe for this stuff, it was a pretty fun weekend. Obviously it sucks that the the New Mexico game didn't happen. And so many times on Saturday I kept thinking to myself, ugh, I should be getting ready for a game today. And it's a bummer. It's it's a bummer, but hey, we got a pretty good day, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about just kind of what my general impressions were caught most of the Mountain West action. It was uh it was kind of nice man. I mean no 8 p.m. kickoffs, not even Hawaii. And it was just fun to sit back and you know just kind of get a sense of normalcy. I don't know how many times I've said that this year on the podcast, but I think it's just something that we all crave. Just anything that resembles, you know, our life how it usually is. But yeah, I'm going to go over all that. Before I do though, I figured hey, let's let's talk about a day that was a little bit more fun. So We're going to kick off today's episode with another edition of On This Day in Rams History. Now, this is obviously a recurring segment, you know, something we do pretty frequently on the podcast, but I did want to shout out the CSU Football Twitter for posting highlights from this game because that's what sparked my memory. So, credit where credit is due. We are going to go over the 2014 Border War, October 25th, 2014. A really, really fun night at. Uh, at Hughes Stadium. Man, I can't believe how long that's been already. Years are really starting to fly by here. I moved up to Fort Collins in 2013. And the fact that, you know, that 2013 season seven years ago, the 2014 season, the infamous McIlwain year, the 10-2 and season was six years ago already. It's It's absurd. But I just kind of figured we'd briefly go over this game real quick before we talked about the about the rest of the Mountain West. I I don't know, just take a trip down memory lane. We didn't get to have a CSU game this weekend, so might as well reminisce about a time where we had a really fun one and a really fun team. And I think that game was just kind of a perfect example of that 2014 season as a whole, just how much fun it really was for everyone. You know, by by October 25th, the Rams were rocking a five-game winning streak, They'd already gotten revenge over Tulsa for that 2013 game. Not a lot of people remember that one, but that was a frustrating road loss. They they won that game 42-17. to 17. They obviously had the crazy Boston College game. One of the most fun games of all time. Honestly, one of the most slept on games. It's it's really frustrating that I can't find a full version of that because I would love to watch it in its entirety again. If uh, If CSU Football has a copy of that, they should really post that one. I think a lot of people would enjoy it. Anyways, getting getting back on track here. You know, by the time that October 25th border war rolled around, CSU was rocking a five-game win streak. They'd gotten revenge over Tulsa. They'd beaten Boston College on the road. They were directly coming off of the incredible, the homecoming thriller versus Utah State. We'll never forget it. The student storm. One one of my truly favorite memories from my college experience was that Utah State homecoming game and so you know there was there was a lot of hype going into that 2014 border war you know how can you live up to it and the Rams did exactly that they jumped out to a 24 to 3 lead in the first half really dominated throughout Garrett Grayson started the game by completing his first 13 pass attempts on the night I mean that that's just you know what kind of night it was for CSU offensively Everything worked. I mean, he finished 18 of 21, 390 yards, five touchdown passes. Really just an all-time showing against Wyoming. Richard Higgins was money as well. Five catches, 174 yards, touchdown receptions of 43 and 73 yards. I mean, what more can you ask for out of, out of your star players? And Honestly, that's, that's kind of what CSU has been missing, and, and that's kind of why I wanted to start the podcast with this is to just kind of set the tone. Obviously, we have Fresno State coming up before the Wyoming game, but, you know, Adazio talked about at his introductory press conference there, and, and that's what that audio was from at the uh, at the beginning of the podcast here after the intro read. You know, he he talked about how important it is to establish that culture, to make it, you know, so that they, you know, beat the teams up north. So it's a it's really important I think how CSU jumps out over these first couple of games. Fresno State, you know, there's not there's not really a rivalry there. The Rams have lost some weird games to Fresno State over the years. And uh the one that really comes to mind is 2001 in OT. But you know, it's it's just a good game to kind of see where you're at before a really really important game. In the border war there there have been a lot of obstacles for CSU football as a whole this year but in my opinion the best coach teams they show up when it matters and it matters right now you know it does it's it's unfortunate that as as a first year staff they weren't able to get a traditional spring ball or a traditional training camp I mean everything about this has been wonky right down to week one getting canceled but the reality is you know people expect this team to to compete and they expect them to perform and and i i really think if if they can come out and and perform in these first couple of games it's it's really going to it's really just going to get the fan base to buy into what this coaching staff is trying to do and that's been missing for a long time you know that support obviously a a big part of that was the fact that Time and time again, CSU football teams just underperformed in the big moments under Mike Bobo, whether that was the border war or Air Force or Boise State, I can go on and on and on bowl games. It was just so frustrating that they never won the games that really, really mattered. I mean, 2016, San Diego State, yes, that was an exciting one, but the Aztecs didn't have much to play for the stadium opener. That's probably the best win of. Bobo's tenure in my opinion I mean you could probably go to the Arkansas game as well but that that stadium opener meant a lot it would have been it would have sucked if they would have lost that one basically though you know my my long-winded point through all of this is fair or not Adazio's legacy starts the minute he starts coaching and if he's able to start with a win against Fresno State and then you know back that up by coming home and facing Wyoming at home and taking him down in his first ever game at Canvas Stadium. That's a big time way to start your own legacy. That's you know, that's that's kind of an ideal start in my opinion. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I don't know. Win and and you'll be forever remembered like that 2014 game or even the 2015 game. You know, I just gave Bobo a a lot of crap, but I need to at least admit they they dominated that 2015 game up in Laramie. I went up there with my dad. And it's one of my fond memories as just like a college football fan. But there, there weren't a lot of those moments. So, can Adazio do it? We shall see. All I know is I'm just excited that we have some football back. And I'm going to break down what we saw from the Mountain West in just a second here. Week 6 of football is in the books and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 7. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 7, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the app now because you do not want to miss this. DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up with the promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players, they can do it all. Don't worry if football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving all MMA and baseball fans who sign up now the chance to earn... $1 into $100 by betting either on UFC 254 or taking on any baseball championship game. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get $1,000 that's the promo code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus above 1000 dollars for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions do apply. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's start with the Boise State Utah State game which honestly it, it was not very exciting. I have a I have a couple of takeaways from that one. Boise State won 42 to 13 in that contest. And on you know, Utah State looked it looks like a rebuilding year for them if if we're being completely honest. It just man, their their defensive line depth was rough. Their secondary couldn't hang with the wide receivers at all. Bachmeyer was just picking them apart from the pocket they couldn't pressure him it it was it was an ass whooping through and through and you know because of that I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about that game but you know the the path to a Mountain West championship it it appears to go through Boise once again which is you know never what the Ram fans want to hear but man that team is deep they are really really deep it's I just don't really see how anybody's going to be able to overcome them unless some weird stuff happens. We'll see, though. You know, we'll see. It's weirder stuff has happened, I suppose, already this year. So we shall see. Uh, Moving on, the the best game of the night, probably, no, most definitely Nevada-Wyoming. Unfortunately for the Pokes, they lost their starting quarterback, Sean Chambers, on just the third snap of the season. It was just really bad luck, man. I, I hate to see anybody go down, rivalry or not. You you don't want to see that. Chambers is, by all accounts, a really good dude. Definitely an exciting college football player, but he broke his fibula, unfortunately, so he will be out for the year. And, you know, after that, it it kind of just looks like all the air had been sucked out of Wyoming. They, they went down three scores early. Nevada, led by Carson Strong, their redshirt sophomore quarterback, they they honestly for a while looked like they couldn't be stopped and and then the second half it was just a completely different story Wyoming's defense completely came alive they started getting consistent stops they were pressuring strong they they legitimately you know they looked like a different team altogether it was you know a big testament to Craig Bull and how well coached that team was because the fact that they were able to recover the way that they were was it was quite impressive and That's generally a theme with Craig Bull teams. I mean, CSU fans have experienced it a couple of times. It doesn't matter if they get down. That's a team that just has so much heart. They'll never stop fighting. And honestly, that's a big reason why they've, you know, kind of had so much success against CSU over the last couple of years. I think they just had, I think they were stronger mentally. You know, I don't really like to say things like that, but I just think they were more composed as a team would be a better way to put it. And you know Wyoming definitely displayed tremendous composure in that game against Nevada. They ended up losing 37 to 34 in overtime. And you know that that's heartbreaking for the Pokes, but the fact that it was even a game was crazy. Couple takeaways I have. I don't fear the offense quite as much with Levi Williams running it as much as I did with Sean Chambers running it. I do think Levi Williams probably is more accurate with the football. I think he's probably consistently a better thrower of the football than Sean Chambers, but that entire Wyoming offense is kind of designed to just pound it out, you know, with Valaday and Chambers do a lot of RPO stuff, a lot of QB draws around the edge. I mean, Chambers is a really, really impressive athlete. He's a huge dude. He's hard to bring down and he moves deceptively well. So to lose that component of their offenses, it is significant. I will say, in that second half, you started to see Levi Williams start to use his own athleticism a little bit, and he can move, you know, better than I probably gave him credit for. I'm just not sure that Wyoming, you know, long-term is, is built to be that type of team. They don't really have the receivers for it. We shall see, you know, big credit to Levi Williams for being able to, to step in and at least make it interesting, but like I said, Nevada was able to kind of pull away down the stretch. That Nevada team, you know, they they could be a sleeper on the west side. I do think San Diego State is probably the favorite to, you know, lead that part of the division. Obviously, there are no there are no sides to the division this year, to the conference, I should say, this year. It's just going to be the two top teams that play for the Mountain West Championship. But, you know, as far as those teams from the west go, I don't really fear Hawaii. We'll talk about them in a second, as well as Fresno State. San Jose State is San Jose State. They looked... Pretty decent in their win over Air Force, actually. And I think they'll probably build off some of the success that they had last year. But I do think it's, you know, SDSU and then, you know, potentially Nevada from that group of teams. Pretty impressive stuff what Norval, what Jay Norval has been able to do over the last couple of years. CSU would not face Nevada this year unless they made it to the Mountain West Championship, both of those teams. But we will obviously talk about Wyoming plenty. Over the next couple of weeks, that Border War game will be here before we know it. And, you know, I think CSU fans just want that boot to come home. But uh, keeping things moving, Fresno State-Hawaii, obviously an important game for CSU fans. I had to download some wonky app that had a bunch of colleges I'd never even heard playing. But the to their credit, the, the quality was actually tremendous. The picture was really good. I don't like having to listen to Hawaii broadcasts. I'm not really trying to take shots. I just don't think they're the the highest quality broadcasts. But it is what it is. You know, sometimes that's just part of it. Fresno State, though, really, really kind of surprising. They didn't get the ball to Jalen Cropper at all. And he's kind of their Dante Wright, their explosive, speedy guy. Deep ball threat can get him, you know, involved in a variety of ways. End arounds, you know, can run the ball, could even do a direct snap, do some wildcat stuff. Just a great athlete, a guy that you want to get the football. And they didn't get it to him at all especially in the second half. They weren't even looking his way. It was so weird. But, you know, basically, in my opinion, that entire offense kind of revolves around getting the ball to him and Ronnie Rivers, who is their experienced running back. He's kind of shouldered the the burden of, you know, most of their production over the last year and a half or so. Really talented running back, played in the same high school league as Najee Harris did. Really, really talented guy. And they just didn't get him the football. They didn't get either of those guys the football. And in my opinion, that's why they lost. You know, they're, they got a a young, inexperienced quarterback and he displayed some, some decent athleticism, to be honest. I I like the way that he moved around, but I don't know. He just, when I watched Hayner, I didn't love his footwork and, and I had some issues with a couple of his decisions. He finished with three interceptions in the game. So obviously limiting turnovers is going to be big for their success two of them were tipped you know in his defense one of them i would say was probably a bad throw one of them just hit the receiver right in the hands and and went straight up in the air and the db was able to make a pretty nice play i uh, i just i was kind of surprised you know i thought i would see a little bit more from that fresno state offense but it didn't really impress me and then you know defensively they they really struggled to contain hawaii at times they took some shots down the field but what What really killed him consistently was they couldn't contain Cordero, the Hawaii quarterback, in the run game. I mean, he was killing them all night long. And it it wasn't even like they were trying to disguise it. They were just spreading it out, you know, a little one-back set, do a, you know, play-action, roll straight to the sideline. And he just did it over and over and over again, and they couldn't stop him. And, you know, that kind of makes me wonder... If we will see some similar approaches, whether that's O'Brien or Todd Santeo, Santeo obviously a little bit more athletic or I don't know, substantially more athletic from a scrambling perspective, not a shot at, at Patrick O'Brien. He's just a little bit of a statue at times in the pocket. I don't know. I think there's a potential there for CSU to kind of rip Fresno State, especially on the edge. And we know how much, you know, Adazio wants to run the football. I think it's going to be really, really important. We're going to have a chance to hear from him on Monday afternoon, and I intend to ask him about some of that stuff, but definitely some factors to keep an eye on. It, uh, it's shaping up to be kind of an interesting season opener, I guess, for, for CSU football. The late games were Air Force San Jose State and San Diego State UNLV. Air Force, man, their depth looked like a real issue. They consistently struggled to run the football between the tackles, which is basically you know what sets up all of their little variations, all their trickeration, and you know the little wonky plays that they like to do in those triple option sets. So if they can't run between the tackles, you know that kind of screws up everything. And I think you know we we kind of saw an example of a of a team who doesn't have great depth and you know didn't have over a month to prepare for their opponent like they did you know, in their first matchup. So I I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I'm not shaking in my boots at San Jose State, but they looked pretty good with Nick Starkle and that offense. You know, they continue to lean on the passing game. They could they could make a little bit of noise in the West, kind of like they did last year. I don't know. It was a, it was an intriguing game. I was I was surprised to see San Jose State win it, you know, kind of so handily. They were pretty much firmly in control throughout And, you know, maybe it's a a new day for San Jose State and potentially a new day for Air Force, who has been pretty good over the last four or five years. I mean, really the last 20 years, but they've been really good over the last five years. Finally, we had the UNLV San Diego State game, which for transparency, I fell asleep in the fourth quarter when the Aztecs kind of pulled away. UNLV was in it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't quite as dominant of a, of a showing as the as the final score would say, I think it was like thirty-one to six, but they played like three different quarterbacks. I don't know. I'm just I'm not a fan of those multi QB systems, and I think it's probably what we're going to see from CSU at least early on in the in the season. But I just think it's so hard to establish chemistry, rhythm, timing, all of these things. And I think we saw that. I will say, you know, the the San Diego State defense. That's a that's a really solid group and you know that they, they didn't really skip a beat with Hogue taking over so that's a big factor. I don't think UNLV was probably as bad as they may have looked in that matchup, but definitely definitely interesting to see the talent disparity between San Diego State and UNLV currently. I'll be curious to see if Marcus Arroyo can kind of turn things around at UNLV. You know, they should have a lot of advantages from a facility standpoint. You know, obviously getting to Sell the fact that they play in that Raiders stadium is a big deal. I think they have cool uniforms now. They did a good rebrand. I was talking about that with Jacob Hintzman over the weekend. I don't know, not a a super exciting game, but definitely, definitely confirmed my opinion that San Diego State is the best team coming out of what is traditionally the west side. And I've said that a couple of times tonight, but I want to clarify one more time that there aren't really divisions this year, or I mean, they don't really matter in terms of who ends up in the championship game. But just for the the sake of normalcy and and people understanding it, I think it makes it easier to follow. So that's where we're at. You know, week, week one of Mountain West action. Hopefully CSU football will get to play next week. We shall see. I'll be curious to see if New Mexico ends up playing as well. So a lot of moving parts. It's an interesting, interesting time to be covering college football. But uh, yeah, that's that's all we have for today. We'll have more content over the next couple of days after we get to hear from Adazio, some players, all that fun stuff. Looking forward to what will hopefully be a game week. Stay safe, y'all.